Welcome to Film Friends. I'm your host, Jordan Smith, and with me, as always, co-host with a K, Kate Eingorn. Hello. And our Florida man this week, Matt Bailey. Uh, This week and many weeks to come. Florida man. Whoa. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to stay down here for like three weeks. Damn. Um, Last time you told us two weeks, so you're up, up in it already. Yeah, we um, we figured we might as well just stay here until the stay-at-home orders lifted from PA. Might as mm, well so be. You could be there till to 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. That's a risky uh, statement to make. Ultimatum or whatever, because with Pennsylvania, specifically Philadelphia, where we all live, I know you're a you're a hashtag Conchi guy, but you're still Philadelphia. Um, who knows when we're gonna reopen? That's true. Um, the, I mean, we can literally drive home whenever. But <laughs> that's true. Now, how yeah. long? So, just for the listeners, uh, one, welcome. If it's mm. your first time listening, welcome. If it's your first time listening, Jordan usually doesn't abuse his power with that long of a hey. Yeah, my voice is feeling good today, so I thought I'd extend Abuse his power. Yeah. Um, but uh, just for the listeners, Bailey, well, obviously for the last couple of weeks, we've been doing the podcast remote um, because of the current, current situation uh, around the globe, really. Um, but this week Bailey decided to go even further remote, mm-hmm. um, just to test the connection. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so he's down in Florida. Well, he bought a longer ethernet cable last time we talked to him. So I think he wanted to see how long it actually was. Mm. Yep. Yep. Both are correct. <laughs> um, now how long was that drive from Philly to, to where are you in Florida? Fort Myers. Ooh. So it took about, well, we made a stop in Virginia, Roanoke, Virginia. It's a nice little town. Um, But then, so that was like five hours, five and a half hours. And then it was about 13 hours from there to here. Wow. Damn. Now, What's up with Roanoke, Virginia? <laughs> that wasn't my question, but we'll run with it. Okay. Um, Roanoke, Virginia is a, um, it's just, yeah, honestly, I don't know much about it. I thought it was, um, I thought the, the, we don't talk about TV, but there's like a um, season of American Horror Story based in Roanoke. And it's about like a, uh, um, I guess, colonists settled in roanoke in uh like when they came and Mm -hmm. this group of them just disappeared and it's supposed to be haunted but um long story short different roanoke that one's in virginia or that one's in north carolina so Uh, so it was not not the haunting you thought it would be no it was uh it's just a small town in the middle of virginia where did you did you stay in a hotel no, Bree's sister um, lives there. Oh, because I was going to say, I feel like no hotels are probably even open right now. Yeah, no. But um, Cool. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, Florida. Man. Quickly, your favorite Florida movies. Um, favorite uh, Florida project. Um, uh, that yeah, it's probably gonna be the Florida project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I threw that one at you because uh, I don't think I can name any myself besides. Florida Project was now was the Water Boy set in Florida? Um, I'd probably Alabama or something. Mm. I know we don't talk about TV, but I think Dexter was in Florida. Mm. And mm-hmm. I th- I want to say that one Denzel Washington movie, not Burning Man, but something along those lines. Man on Fire. Man on Fire. Man on fire. I want to say that was set in Florida, but that's I've never seen that movie, so. <laughs> Ooh, um, I feel like you'd like it. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, but anyways, episode 129. We did it. 129 BC. All right, you got your you got your Emperor Wu of the Han Dynasty launching his first offensive into the northern steppe. Um. You got some assassinations going on in the Republic of Rome. Um, But one thing I want to note in 129 BC, a fan favorite, our boy Hipparchus, publishes his catalog of the stars. Who the fuck is Hipparchus? Um, It's a fan favorite. It's (laughs) a fan favorite. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that he cataloged all the stars for us. Yeah, I mean, it, it took him a little while, but... He also uses solar eclipse to estimate the distance of the moon in this year as well. Hmm. Um, so Hipparchus is really doing it up. Um, I have a question for you guys. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I see your hand raised. So uh, go ahead. I, I think it should, I think we should. Um, every time you see my hand raised, you have to stop whatever you're saying and ask me what I want. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I, I completely agree. The problem is right now is Jordan has different windows up for his uh his fact section. Well, you know me. I'm always checking the levels, making sure the audio's coming through nice and clean. Well, but we, um we just figuring figuring out what's going on in A D and B C. Yeah. Uh but Bailey, did you have a question or did you just want to interrupt the class? Um I just wanted to ask what everyone's favorite star was. Oh, I love it. Uh, the wars. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to have to go with Betelgeese. What the? Okay. I'm, I thought everyone was going to say the North Star. Um, uh, my favorite's the sun. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> the sun's a big one. Yeah, mm-hmm. might be the biggest. I think I actually... Uh, Saw recently that the sun is actually pretty small compared to other stars. Damn. Um, we don't even got the biggest sun. It's just we're so close to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 129 BC. Uh, 129 AD, your boy, Hadrian, bow, 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 bow. continuing <laughs> his voyages. Um, this time, though, he's inspecting Caria Cappadocia and Syria. Oh. Hmm. He's inspecting, huh? He's inspecting now. It doesn't say whether he has his boy with him or not. I assume 
I assume he does. I assume he's running around with a posse now. Mm-hmm. The pussy posse. Yeah, Hadrian's pussy posse. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, and that's that's really all going on well, for 129. Galen the astronomer was born. A.D. is, yeah, I mean, they're still looking at the stars in 129 A.D. Um, Hipparchus started it for them, and Galen's going to keep it going. But, um, yeah, that's it for the history section. Guys, besides Bailey having a good old time down in Florida, what else is new? What's going on? I want everyone to know that I was reading a book this week, and it mentioned another fan favorite, Pliny the Elder. Mm. Um, mm. He had very controversial thoughts about the menstrual cycle and how he thought that women, when they had their period, that it was like pretty much death to the touch, that it was poisonous. So... <laughs> so... Are you saying we should meet to Pliny? I don't know. I'm feeling, like, confused. Huh. I mean, yeah, they don't really know shit back then, so I'll give them a pass. <laughs> You'll give them a pass, hey. eh, I guess. Hey, it was Wait. a different time. It was a Someone? different time, literally. Someone might be knocking on my door. Give me a second here. Okay, no problem. <laughs> um, I, I hope it's... uh. Heaven's door. Is that what it is? Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> you know what? I hope it's heaven's door, too. You know what? I knocked on someone's door tonight, and they didn't come to it. That's true. Um, I hope they're okay. So just to let the listeners in, we, uh, Kate and I lived together since we're best friends, and Kate smelled burning rubber. Um, to be fair, we both did. Well, you alerted me. I was oblivious to it, as <laughs> I am most things in my life. Um, and then I, I confirmed that, yes, it smelled like burning rubber. Um, Kate, the responsible one of the two of us, went down and knocked on the door. They didn't answer. Um, but I did hear a TV going, so someone was inside of it. Do you think they were watching movies or TV? TV. There was a laugh track. Mm-hmm. we need more <laughs> movies with a laugh track <laughs> um but yeah so the smell is subsided so i think everybody's okay um and you know they're having a good old time with their laugh track maybe they're mm-hmm. watching seinfeld that that's what my assumption was <laughs> okay you just assume <laughs> laugh track i assume they're tv oh yeah hold on guys thank <laughs> <laughs> no, happening over here bailey um moved to florida is, is uh working with that dog laugh track down uh, there in florida i it, think that's what that so was nugget was laughing yeah he was oh, laughing okay. at our, our and, incredible joke about <laughs> <Seinfeld>. <laughs> i was um, gonna say about bailey's misfortune uh so kate since it's you and i yes and we rarely get this moment you do you want to ask me something you've been dying to ask me <laughs> Um, yeah, what <laughs> is my most annoying movie habit? You really want me to answer that question? Sure. Let's get deep with it. Yeah, so when you tell me to stop talking during a movie and then five minutes later you start talking during the movie and it's acceptable when you do it, not when I do I'm it. I'm going to have to stop you there <laughs> because we have a, a hand being raised. Yeah. 
and he's not going to talk. I think he permanently raised his hand and he doesn't know it. Um, okay, continue. That I'm like a good viewing partner is what yeah, you Yeah, you tell me. You're like, Kate, Kate, hold on. And then you talk and then it's cool when you talk but not me. That's your most annoying movie habit. Mm. To uh, be fair, hey you asked it. Oh, Bailey, you're back. Your hand's yeah, I, been raised. I know. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, some guy knocked on the door and said I needed a like a pass on my car. I was going to get towed. Oh. Um, do you so need yeah. to go? Nah, I made Bree do it. Um, that, <laughs> nug- that nugget was barking, dude. It's a whole thing, dude. It's a fucking fiasco over here. Yeah, f- it's a Florida fiasco, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you, what were you guys talking about? Oh, nothing. Kate was just kind of explaining to the listeners that, like, I'm a wonderful person to watch movies with. Now, you had you had experiences with me in college, Bailey, watching movies. We used to knock them out. Um, I was a pretty good viewing partner, right? Yeah, you weren't bad. If it was late, you'd probably fall asleep. But <laughs> Ooh, that's the other thing. So Jordan set me up. He said, what's my most annoying movie watching habit? Mm-hmm. And I said when he tells me to stop talking during the movie, but then he starts talking during the movie. Mm. Yep. Um, but I would say the second is the minute he gets into a lying down position, he falls asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a thing called the deathbed in college. Um, it was like a, uh, a leather chase. A chase? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it um, was. And the the minute Jordan laid on it, we knew he was done. Yeah, that's why I don't let him lie on it here. I truly miss that chase. Kate, we, we own a chase here, and uh, Kate never lets me lay on it because, yeah, put me in that. Put me in that position and it's lights out. I'll admit it. I'm mm-hmm. like one of those uh, goats when they get scared, they just fall asleep. They faint. Yeah. <laughs> There's a connection there somehow. Just like it. Jordan um, spends 10 minutes picking out a movie that we agree on, five minutes and falls asleep if he's laying down. Um, yo, did you guys see? Uh, are we still doing like uh, what's new? What's going on? Yes. Yeah, dude. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, M. Night casted his uh, new movie. Really? What? Yeah, yo. <laughs> yo. I didn't see that. First huh? off, what's his new movie? I don't know, dude. He's got a new movie. No one really, no one ever knows what it's about, but it's, uh, he casted it. Uh-oh. Who, uh, any, any, first off, any film friends in it? Um, hold on. Am I not? Can you hear me? Yeah, you you went in and out, but we got the gist. <laughs> you did that thing where your voice cut out and then went really fast. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really know many of these people like by name. I don't really know them, but if I saw their faces, I bet I would know them. Um, Eliza Scanlon. Um, Thomas and Mackenzie. Oh, he's Aaron. in Jojo Rabbit. Uh-huh. Aaron Pierre. Pierre. Alex Wolf and Vicky Crepes. Cripes. Alex Wolf is the 
kid from Hereditary. Yeah, and yeah, Eliza Scanlon, Bailey's your girl from uh, Little Women. Yeah, I do see that down here. Yep. Um. So yeah, yeah that's, that's that's cool though. I like. Uh, so he's not going for that star power. He's gonna let the movie and the writing talk for itself. You know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gotta respect that. I like that though. I I want more movies done by like already established well-established directors to have like a lot of not that they're unknowns but maybe people who aren't stars yet i think that's um something that's kind of like you don't see it that much anymore are you raising your hand or is it just up oh uh i'm raising both my hands because i'm excited about uh i'm raising them to the roof because i'm excited i love it um I also feel like it reads of like he watched a bunch of movies that he liked and he was like, oh, I like that actor, that actor, that actor, that actor. Because they also kind of feel like all movies that he probably watched and was into, like Jojo mm-hmm. Rabbit, Hereditary, Little Women, just like these big things. I was like, want to work with that one, want to work with that one. And he can just do that because he's M. Night. Yeah. Which is so cool. So cool. He's M. Night's so cool. Guys. M. Night's so cool. <laughs> um, nice. Well, that's pretty exciting. Um, I didn't hear any rumblings of like a new M night movie at all. So it's cool that it's starting to come out. Um, Mm. nice. I'm into it. Uh, well, speaking of rumblings, anybody hungry? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hungry for our next film friend. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Um, before that though. Before those rumblings, we have some grindings to discuss. Mm-hmm. Anything grinding your gears, Bailey, Kate? Anything going on? Mm. Besides the world? No. Yeah, so, you know, this isn't grinding my gears because we were talking about, like, when you're watching a movie with somebody, what annoys you. I got to throw out a pet peeve. when. Okay. People are on their phone, specifically social media or a dating app. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who do you Wait. know that's on a dating app while watching a movie? What? When when watching a movie, when it's just like two people or it's like a group of people and people are on social media, it kind of bugs me in a way. Um and I just got to put it out there. People need to stop doing that. <laughs> um, I guess I was thinking about it because recently I really like this movie called Dead Man starring Johnny Depp and uh, and directed by Jim Jarmusch. And I really wanted to show Kate it. And I finally convinced her that to watch it. And she was down. And she the whole time was drawing i think you were doing no it was crocheting crocheting and i was totally fine with it um which is weird because usually if anyone's doing anything during a movie i get a little upset about it i don't know why um but i did peep jordan on his phone multiple times i've seen the movie several times but uh but like i was wondering why does it bother me so much when people are flipping through social media during a movie and the crochet didn't bother me 
Well, crochet is like a mindless thing. Like right. once it's like a once you learn the stitches, you don't really have to focus on it as much. It's not your main priority. Yeah. I feel like when people are flipping through social media, though, it's a little mindless. Too. But you're doing reading, I think, in that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like the crocheting thing would kind of. I mean, I don't really know what goes into crocheting, but like if the eyes aren't on the TV, I'm, I'd kind of be like, hey, yo, look, did you get that? I would keep asking, did you get that? I feel like. Yeah. So that's. I agree with that. That's my thing. Um, like, I I think it obviously only happens when I'm like excited about a movie, and I know like the plot points and there's certain parts or like dialogue that I really like. And if the person I'm watching it with, or if we're in a group, like people don't catch it, it really bothers me. And I'm just like, okay, well. In my opinion, I don't think you could have an opinion of the movie if you're like missing out on stuff. And like when I'm on Letterboxd and I, I read reviews like barely watch this, but it still sucked or something like that. It like I'm like, eh, I don't know. Or if I watch a movie with somebody and they're like on their phone the majority of the time, I just honestly dismiss their opinion of it. And uh, yeah, it it really just grinds my gears, you know. Mm-hmm. but with all that being said kate's a great person to watch a movie with. <laughs> i mean i think i pay attention more when i crochet because i'm like i'm the type of person that needs to be doing something with my hands to focus right. better so when i crochet i focus better bailey did you know that i was crocheting the whole time we went to see the lodge um i uh, you know i guess not <laughs> boom didn't even know had no idea. I can crochet in the freaking dark. Yo, Kate's a theater crocheter. <laughs> I like to bring my crochet to the theater. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I figured I never grind my gears on here, so I'm going to get them ground. And if there's any listeners out there that like disagree with me, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear debate. people who like do just chill on their phone. Like, uh, Admittedly, I'm on my phone too when I watch movies, but... I don't think it like the first time watching a movie, I'm usually in it. I, I pride myself on like staying in it and paying attention to everything. Um, if it's a second viewing, he might read a New York Times article or two. Yeah. Or it's me doing research on like someone in the movie or, or the movie itself. I was going to say, that's yeah. what you, if you're on, if you catch Jordan on his phone during a movie, he's usually looking stuff up about yeah. it. Um, but, anyways. Um, why don't we move on to the film friend this week? I'm actually, so I want to preface this with whenever you guys choose one, I usually know where it's coming from. I'm like, oh, Kate likes this movie. That's why she's choosing this. Or Bailey's watching this TV show right now. He's interested in this person. That's why he chose it. This week's choice I am completely in the dark why it was chosen, and I'm very excited. So, Bailey, since you're down in Florida, Florida's reopened. I know the beaches are popping. I have a beach ball that I'm going to toss all the way down to you um, for who you chose this week and why. Okay. Got the beach ball. Um, (laughs) That was real fast. Yeah. Um, I chose Marissa Tomei. 
Um, and it definitely, it took me the drive down to really like find out who I wanted to choose. And it was really racking my brain. And, um, for some reason, I guess I realized that like, honestly, whenever Marissa Tomei like shows up on the screen, I'm like, oh, cool. Marissa Tomei's there. And, uh, I figured like, that's like the perfect reason for her to be a film friend for me. Yeah, it truly is like the perfect reason. That's like, I think the epitome maybe of a film friend. Uh, I think there's a couple credentials like you can't be A-list, although we've broken that big time. But it's also someone who excites you whenever they show up on screen. And yeah, I have to. I kind of have to agree with you. Whenever I see Marissa Tomei in something, she's definitely somebody I'm like, oh shit, Marissa Tomei, that's cool. Um, it's funny that you used your own rating system to pick someone out, right? The like, I'm excited to see them when they pop up in a movie. Yeah. Um, She's someone, though, that um, I, like, never remember who she is. So I'm glad that you picked her because apparently I've seen her in not 10 movies before we did this episode. Um, wow. And the one that I remember her in is Spider-Man Homecoming as Aunt May. Dude, you can't forget her in that one. She's hot in that one. The hottest yeah. Aunt May of all time. Truth. <laughs> Yo, she's uh, the ageless wonder. <laughs> Yo, she. You know what? Her, Honestly, she's getting hotter as she gets older. Two, two movie people that come to mind when I think of ageless wonders: Marissa Tomei. Actually, make it three: Marissa Tomei. One of them's Nicole Kidman. Timothy Oliphant. Oh. And Maria Menounos. <laughs> <laughs> What? That one really threw me. <laughs> I don't understand. Do you like have fantasies about her? No, it's because Mar. What's her name? Maria. Marissa. Marissa. Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't that what you just Mar- said? Maria Menounos. Maria Menounos. I thought of her because when you go to see a movie, she's some sort of like robot. She's some sort of person who's in like advertisements for. Uh, she like, does the pre-movie yeah, thing. Yeah, pre-movie thing. And honestly, she's been doing that for a very long time. And she hasn't... The way she looks hasn't changed in my whole life. My theory uh, is, she, is she recorded like 10 years of them <laughs> and put them up. You weren't... Um, I'm, I, okay. You didn't go Paul Rudd, which really threw me off. Oh, true. He is an ageless Yo, wonder. Yo, he actually is an ageless wonder. Yeah. Do you disagree with the Timothy Oliphant though, or is Timothy no. Oliphant just aging gracefully? <laughs> um, he's definitely aging gracefully. Um, I I feel like in another five years we'll really know. Mm, I think that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but I truly think though that Marissa Tomei is getting hotter as she gets older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. She's definitely she's definitely coming into her own. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we've actually reviewed two movies that she was in. Um, since you've been gone from our David Schwimmer episode. That was the movie about the high school reunion. Mm. We've Oh, I do remember that. And movie. Love the Coopers, the John Goodman episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ha- 
<laughs> um, I uh, I also was like, it was honestly between her and um, Evan Rachel Wood. And they're and both in The Wrestler. <laughs> and they're both in The Wrestler. And then I realized, do I really like Evan Rachel Wood? I don't know. I just... Um, I thought she was interesting more so than I liked her. Yes. Um, I, I agree with that. And I don't know if I like Evan Rachel Wood. And I also have a feeling people on the internet do not like Evan Rachel Wood for some reason. I remember I stumbled upon something that like people were dissing her really hard. Hmm. And Oof. I don't know if she's, I think she might be like kind of an outspoken celebrity as well. Um, but yeah, when I, I mean, we'll get more into it when we review the wrestler. But like, I was thinking, one, is she even is she good? <laughs> and then <laughs> two, like, do I like her? The only thing I really, really like know her well in is Westworld. Mm. Um, I so, mean, yeah. her big movie's Thirteen, which mo- that movie like freaked me out. It's about like thirteen-year-old girls like doing drugs and stuff and getting into like adult business. <laughs> I also want to say we reviewed a movie called 13. We did. (laughs) 13 (laughs) Souls is what we did or something like that. But 13 is like a really wild movie about girls that just do things that are kind of scary. Um, Yeah. I've seen – I I remember 13 was like big like when I was in like middle school. school. Yeah. Yeah. Because like – I don't know. It was like – it was kind of – uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know it was just kind of wild for um yeah it was very edgy yeah edgy there you go and then uh the cover is just like the girls like with their tongue tongue, tongue rings sticking out interesting yeah I, that, that movie uh must have skipped over pottsville pennsylvania because I, I don't remember that movie. i remember like i saw it alone and it really freaked me out yeah. I got real depressed afterwards. Um, but my other favorite Evan Rachel my oh, oh actually my only favorite Evan Rachel Wood fact is that she was engaged to Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know what I say? Save it for the Evan Rachel Wood episode. You know what? I'll take it. Episode one twenty nine is nothing but Marissa Tomei. Um so now mm-hmm. we finally found out why bailey chose her actually in a way we didn't <laughs> i think you just had a vision of her on your trip down to florida <laughs> what movies stick out for you with her i i was actually surprised we didn't um do my cousin Vinny because oh, i think that's yeah. like where she like really shines the most that's where she shines that's where she popped she too, won an for oscar sure. for that too um yeah but when it comes to the ratings bro the wrestler is up there um yeah, right. this is kind of like a rotten tomatoes best or like true best worst for her. i think there's like a documentary that's rated higher but we don't count those um and so like the wrestler was her top and the watcher was her bottom um so yeah this is a true best and worst classic film friend best and worst so um but yeah my cousin Vinny, honestly classic I kind of want to do Joe Pesci soon. Actually, it might be my next pick because um, <laughs> I watched Raging Bull recently and he was fucking incredible in it. We watched Gone Fishing and he was fucking incredible in it. But uh, yeah, Joe Pesci, um, 
Might be my boy. I relate to him. I so. remember watching My Cousin Vinny when I was younger and being really disappointed because it wasn't just another Karate Kid movie. Hmm. Interesting. Because the, <laughs> rough, yeah, rough, I thought it was going to be more like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just about Ralph Macchio's cousin Vinny who gets into karate too. <laughs> I was hoping it'd be something like that. I was sorely disappointed. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that's like kind of what stands out for you, Bailey, with Marissa Tomei. Yeah, and I mean, like the fact that she, um, that movie, and also, um, I don't know if we watched this or not. For some reason, I remember watching it, but I don't know if it was for the podcast. But um, anger management. Did we watch that for the um, Adam Sandler marathon? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly where we watched it. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I'm a I'm a Marissa Tomei fan. Like, she's still popping. Yeah, she is still popping. It. Kate and I thought you possibly picked her because you're a crazy, stupid love fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yo, another great Marissa Tomei movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you think crazy, stupid love, you think, you think Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Tomei. Um, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, yo, I'm pumped. Let's uh, let's jump into it, Bailey. You still have the beach ball. Uh, why don't you give her a a spin and and uh, choose which movie you want to review first? All right, let's do the good one. Um, The Watcher. Yes, love that joke. We're talking yep. about the year two thousand, and we're talking about the thriller, suspense, action masterpiece, The Watcher. Bailey, take it away. All right, The Watcher, starring James Spader, <laughs> Satome, and Keanu Reeves. Um, it's about a serial killer in the windy city of Chicago <laughs> <laughs> who likes to strangle young girls. But he has a past with this one ex-cop James Spader <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, he really loves toying with him and he's he's toying with him hard and he's killing people he's sending them pictures of the girls he's gonna kill the day he kills them and they still can't stop him until he tries to go after the one and only Marissa Tomei and that's where James Spader puts his foot down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. I love the yeah, that theatrics. That might be your synopsis. best synopsis to date. <laughs> yep. I think James Spader really brought it out in you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo, one thing before we start talking about Marissa Tomei, I kind of fuck for James Spader. Um. Yeah. I, yo, I kind of back a young James Spader. Yeah, um, a young mm-hmm. James Spader for sure. Um, mm-hmm. he's weird. <laughs> he's never not weird. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I feel like Robert California really threw people off. Um, mm-hmm. if he didn't have that office role, I feel like he would have always been like kind of cool. Ah, you know what? He's in like the fucking blacklist now too. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. For like twelve seasons. <laughs> he definitely has like uh yeah. And that's like an incredibly popular. It's show. like a whole generation. But I do I agree with you though. Like there's a young James Spader like vibe and then there's an older one. Um yep. 
and like sex lies and videotape james spader and uh you know there's like a bunch that he's just like he's an odd actor too like he's odd to see him on screen he looks strange he talks strange but like i'm as as everybody's saying now i'm here for it (laughs) i think this might be my pose my first exposure to pre robert california james spader oh interesting Oh, he might be like like uh, Brat Pack adjacent. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, he, yo, he might be Brat Pack adjacent actually. Um, yeah, he's he definitely like, came up with them. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's in a couple of the movies too, but like kind of not a main character. I don't know. I think he's Brat Pack adjacent. I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, Kate, it's a great. I guess this is a great movie for you to. <laughs> to to see him in um, i mean he honestly fit all the boxes that you just described yeah, in this movie for sure um but yeah so i mean bailey describes it perfectly it's one of those it's a classic batman joker relationship mm-hmm. where like keanu you keanu know, yeah keanu <laughs> He might I, honestly, Keanu is the best way to describe this because it looks like an off. He doesn't even look like Keanu Reeves. He looks like an off-brand Keanu Reeves, making him Keanu Reeves. Um, so we instead of nice guy Keanu, we have bad guy Keanu in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Yo, uh, if I was one of those girls, dude, I would have fell right in into his fucking arms oh, oh same. dude even if i knew he was a serial killer i would have <laughs> that feathered middle part haircut and that face yeah this is like when i think of keanu <laughs> i think of this movie no i think of like the way he looks though in it, this yeah, movie same um like that two it's the year 2000 i mean they probably they probably taped it late 90s and like he has that that part in his hair and just like his build, even the way he talks is like that classic, classic Keanu dialogue and like way he talks. But, um, yeah, it's weird to see him as a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and it's now you see why he doesn't play a lot of bad guys. Yeah. Cause he didn't feel like he's definitely sinister. He's like, He's kidnapping these young women and straight up killing them just mm-hmm. like immediately. But you still don't believe it because it's Keanu. But like, yeah, there's a part of it where I'm like, yeah, besides that one thing about him, like he's all right. Besides the fact that he just picks up women and murders them brutally, there's nothing else wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Like he has. So so when I said Batman Joker, I was saying like he's Joker and James Spader is Batman and <laughs> continue on this analogy first off i would love to see that we're batman in the movie. windy city of gotham <laughs> but um but like they need each other essentially like keanu literally follows james spader to chicago james spader like has a breakdown because of him because of keanu keanu like yo that's what i, I wanted to ask was it that james spader just came upon one of the like crimes as they were happening and he couldn't save the woman or was that woman his daughter that woman was i think they explained it he was uh banging her and she had had a uh she had a husband though so it was like weird no i thought that was the one that he fled from the other city for 
I don't think that's how he got into. No, yeah, that's what Bailey's saying. Oh. That he fled wherever it was previously. Because of the banging woman. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because she died or whatever in that fire. And, yeah, so so that's what happens. Like, he can't save this <laughs> the banging woman. <laughs> um, and it, when he's trying to save the banging woman, he comes toe-to-toe with Keanu, and he doesn't pull the trigger. He doesn't kill him. And both of those things haunt him and he gets like addicted to he's an alcoholic he gets addicted to pills and then he moves to chicago and basically like he's still a detective i think but like on leave or something like he can't he's just like a desk jockey now he's not out in the field uh but what oh go ahead is he even working it seems like he's really just like yeah i don't know it didn't that's, seem like he had a job. <laughs> exactly. That was like my thought. That's what I thought, Bailey, that you were talking about. I thought you were talking about his connection to the current crime scene that brought him back into connection with him. Uh, no. I mean, it really didn't look like he... I mean, yo, his apartment has just like a bed in it, and it's like just trash everywhere. <laughs> yeah. he, he literally had an envelope tucked behind a table that he didn't open that he didn't put there. <laughs> yeah, he... He's definitely he's definitely in a situation really the way he gets back in it is Keanu kills a woman that's in his apartment building. That's and what it is, right. And he sends him a photo of that woman. And like so that's the whole point of the movie. He flees his original city. Keanu follows him there because Keanu needs him, I guess. He like like Bailey said in the beginning, he likes toying with this detective, mm-hmm. James Spader. And it's like he felt empty. He even like mentions. And the reason why I said like Keanu doesn't seem like that bad of a guy when they they have like phone conversations and Keanu's like super pumped to talk to him and stuff. And James Spader's playing the like, like, fuck you, dude type character. But um, but yeah, Keanu needs him just like the Joker needs Batman. But James Spader kind of breaks out of his drug haze to to solve this crime while he's in Chicago too. So like in a sense James Spader needs Keanu as mm-hmm. well. Um and this movie does definitely is like like the start of the movie does like the classic like slow mo Oh like, my god, yes. Means it's just like very 2000 It's wild. Oh, it's uh, so so it's 1999 like... going into like 2000 trying to seem it's just like you've seen this movie a million times it has that like green tinge and it's like so edited and some scenes are slow some are fast they're all like one to two seconds long cuts and you're Mm -hmm. not even introduced to any of the characters before you see that opening yeah um oh go ahead bailey i mean i was just going to talk about a scene that is Somewhat towards the beginning, but um, if you have something to say about... Well, I was also going to talk about the intro. So you go first. We might be talking about the same thing. No, no, you go first. You go first. Mine's not about the intro. Uh, Well, mine is when you first see Keanu. He's just waving that gun He's just dancing to to the song Dragula by, I think, Rob Zombie. (laughs) Um and it's perfect 
but it's like it's uh it still has that like slow motion stilting mm-hmm. like 2000 type thing that bailey and kate were describing but it's like immediately you see keanu dancing and i'm like okay i'm kind of in I'm it should have just already. been a short film of that yeah um what scene were you talking about, Bailey, in the beginning? Also in where um, James Spader gets a uh, a clue and he has to call the cop. And the cop takes his phone call in the middle of a high school. <laughs> yes. And he's like, do you want to call me back? And he's like, no, I'm good. I was so in at that part because, like, this cop is, like, Tokyo drifting in his cop car. <laughs> And with like one hand on the wheel and mm-hmm. he and even Keanu is like nice enough to just be like, yo, you could take this call another or uh, James Spader's like, you could take this call another time. And the guy's like, no, I'm good. I'm just chasing this. This guy just run away. I'm just chasing him. <laughs> I would love it. This movie so much more if the movie was more from his perspective. Yeah. Like I mean, he. He just seemed like a, a fucking superhero. Like he stays on the phone while he like gets out of the car and like kicks the guy's ass and then like puts his foot on his chest and then he's like, What do you want? Like yeah. it's like <laughs> And this is pre speakerphone days of cell phones, so he's got that shit against his ear and it's like amazing. I would love to follow this man around the movie. I wanted more of that guy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like he is he the one that James Spader says we need to get you in front of the people? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, James Spader kind of breaks out of his drug haze once uh, Once Keanu starts doing his thing in Chicago. But, like, and he starts directing everybody. And he says we need to get this cop, this sergeant out in front of people. But, honestly, what they really need to do is get him out more in the movie and more in front of yeah, us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That, it was incredible what that guy did. And it that part, like, didn't fit the movie because it seemed so ridiculous that this guy's talking on the phone. It was almost slapstick. It seemed slapstick and I was like, oh, so there's going to be this kind of stuff in the movie? And but, then that was it. Yeah. Except for when James Spader eats an orange like a crazy person. I've never seen someone eat an orange like that. He, like peeled like a quarter of it off and started scooping the pieces out by like chunks not even by like slices it was so strange you know james spader's not gonna eat an orange the normal way (laughs) clearly not um oh and i also love the guy that with the car chase but even before the car chase he said hello i'm detective mackie welcome to my crime scene (laughs) yeah this guy doesn't fuck around at all Uh uh-uh um but yeah i mean this movie i want to first off say that it's like it wasn't awful like it may sound like well in my opinion it wasn't awful it was like very typical where the typical detective chasing down a serial killer and like with every murder the detective gets a little closer he has a personal vendetta and, you know, in the end, he gets them. Right. It's um, that, that typical story. But I think what kept it in it, I think one, James Spader's like really good in this movie. I think seeing Keanu as the bad guy um, was kind of interesting as well. But I don't think it was a completely awful movie. Um, Yeah, I don't, I didn't tell you guys this, but I've seen this movie before. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, I remember for some reason I've watched this movie as a kid. I don't know why. I think my yo, I have a re, I have a feeling like my mom was super into like James Spader. Like Dude, when James Spader is a mom's mom's actor for my sure. My mom loves the blacklist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we watched it one night uh, when I was like, I don't know how young I was. I probably wasn't super young, but yeah. And uh, I didn't remember the whole thing, but I did remember bits and pieces. So uh, yeah, yeah, the part. Uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I saw this movie before. You you definitely <laughs> you really have a buried history. The lead. Um, uh-huh. Before I want to talk about Keanu's tactics, but for the listeners. You guys might be thinking, well, where the fuck is Marissa Tomei? Um, she plays James Spader's therapist. Um, mm-hmm. And when you first meet her, you kind of, at least for me, I got the feeling that he's been seeing her for a long time. Or mm-hmm. they like they have some sort of past or something. Mm-hmm. But then when you like learn more about it, you're like, oh, he just like moved to Chicago maybe a year or two prior to this. I don't know. She's like an interesting you've, interesting journey with her because you're introduced to her. You think that, like Jordan said, that they have this relationship and you find out that he sees her twice a week, which is which is intensive for yeah. therapy. And then you find out, like Jordan said, that he had recently moved to Chicago. But then more towards the end, you find out that she's like a new therapist. And like she's, this is one of her first clients. And it's, I wish that they leaned more into that too. Because I feel like that's so interesting to see a therapist work with someone who's like at this level to uh, work with someone like that. Um, Kate, how did she do? From the little I saw, great. I also feel like I looked like her doing therapy. So yeah, you definitely have her therapy vibe. I, like the hair, mostly. I I have a question. I know you don't like to talk about it since it's your profession, but gotta ask you, how did you feel about her recording all the sessions? Right, I know that was shocking to me, but not because it not people don't do it. Like people will record sessions. Um. So, like, a lot of times for school, you have to do it. That's why I thought maybe they, when she said she was a new therapist, Mm -hmm. maybe she was recording sessions for school. So, like, I had to record some to show, like, my teachers and stuff about how I perform therapy. Um, So, maybe it's something like that. But most of the time, people don't record sessions. Mm -hmm. Or it was just such an integral part of the plot towards the end. They had to do it. Maybe that's why they snuck in that she was a new therapist, so it didn't seem as weird. Um, Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. You get a little insight into her sessions with James Spader. She's definitely not controlling those conversations. I feel like... Oh, absolutely not. I feel like James Spader has control over them, and she's just like a witness. But... From the get-go, I thought she has a sexual thing for him. Like, there was oh. attraction immediately. I feel like a lot of these movies play the the woman therapist as, like, a um, a lending ear, mm-hmm. but, a, but almost like a sexualized figure for these people, where it's like, oh, she's so caring, she's so kind, because she's a therapist. But they always become a love interest because she's in that position. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But also, um, I also want to talk about the fact that there's a lot of voiceovers in this where there are people at telephone booths and stuff and the lips never match up ever. 
It's so poorly dubbed in yeah. scenes. Which is a thing I'm actually surprised we don't run into more often. Same. It's usually the sign of a bad movie or poorly made movie. I didn't really notice it that much. I know you were talking about it, but I, I, did, I actually didn't notice mm. it that much. I noticed it yeah. a lot. I feel like if I'm looking for it, I would notice it, but like, I, I yeah, I didn't really catch it either. Mm. Speaking of speak, speaking <laughs> and lack thereof and that kind of thing, um, there was a Don't Speak by No Doubt ripoff song. Oh, absolutely. In this. Um, and it threw me for a loop like i wanted to know where it was from why i thought it was mishearing the song like i thought it was something was wrong with my brain that like the lyrics didn't match up it was definitely don't speak but not like it's mm -hmm. little brother it was weird it was like it's annoying little brother it was a weird weird thing but the, again the music was like strange in this movie i mean dragula sets it off right from the get-go and that's all you need to know there's a couple of rob zombies uh throughout the movie in this one um i want to talk about the girl at the photoshop <laughs> i want to talk about how one she works at a photo store and says she doesn't know anything about film she just works there i didn't get it's that. like how did she get that job she doesn't know how to pose for the camera she doesn't know how to talk to people and then they have this great plan where they throw our favorite detective on the news to tell people about her and look out for her and the whole fucking area knows the face of this girl she's on every television she's on that classic when you walk by the storefront and there's like seven tvs in the window she's like plastered all over it and this girl like doesn't see it once doesn't get a phone call from anyone she gets a phone call from her mom late and the mom she's like mom relax hasn't seen her face plastered anywhere and she dies because she didn't catch a glimpse of herself where it's everywhere and that was like insane to me well i guess kind of what i have to say there is keanu's thing is he tells the detective james spader he sends a picture of the girl that he's going to kill that night and he murders the girl at nine o'clock, like on the dot. And until he then, wants an early bedtime <laughs> because he wants to get to bed early. Um, but like James Spader until nine o'clock has the chance to save this girl that day. The girl with the Photoshop Keanu, like sends him the picture maybe at like, five o'clock like it's like late in the day already so to the point of like how didn't she know that she was being like plastered everywhere she was in this photoshop it was only happening for like four hours so it might not have reached the mall or where she was at her mom called her and told her that her face was all over the news that someone was going to kill her and she said to her mom relax i'm okay did she uh-huh Oh, she was lying that. on the couch and her mom called her and was like hey you've been all over the news this guy's gonna kill you and she was like yeah mom relax and then he was in her apartment when she the mom called her mm. it was interesting hmm. i must have missed that part 
<laughs> Yo, honestly, I missed that part too. Really? Yeah, it's so I, interesting. She was... I really find it hard to believe the mom said that to her. She like, was... I remember the mom's conversation. I don't remember. She was lying on the couch and she was like, Mom, don't worry. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm fine. I thought that was because she said that uh, she had a boyfriend over, but I must have misheard it. Uh. Maybe I was on my phone uh, scrolling <laughs> social media. Who knows? Um, but uh, I do want to ask about Keanu. He had like a weird thing with candles and fire, fire. as well, right? Oh, like, he loved fire. He lit his own car on fire, didn't blow up. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I, I didn't understand that part. Yo, his weird, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that whole like car chase scene where I, you don't really, you're just like, fuck, how is he going to get away? Because you like know he's going to get away because like, yeah, because he's not okay, yet. But, um, you know, I, I don't really understand the whole, like, how he got everything to explode and, like, how that was, like, his plan to, like... I agree. Like, the he lit his own car on fire that started the fire elsewhere in this parking lot. And the second the cop cars touched that fire, they exploded. And thin- <laughs> they, like, literally ignited the second it touched fire. But there's literally fire rolling down his car, and it's, it's fine. I didn't understand the physics or, like, the f- flammable of that scene either like it one i agree with bailey there's no way he would have escaped in that car no like none. these cops had him cornered basically all he did was a three-point turn and and got away from them um but and- he uh yeah i don't know i i want to say that he knows fire really well he's it's a, bit a good of a, friend of his bit of a, he's pi- a pyro. sorry bailey go ahead say he's a pyro oh he's a pyro for sure and i think he's like uh you know the way he's from the the depths of hell he might be an (laughs) like a a firebender we don't know and like the way he works that fire is pretty incredible Um, i think he's evil from the depths of hell so he can manipulate flame Mm -hmm. um now and then of course he finds out James Spader, you know, has an emotional connection with this therapist, Marissa Tomei. And for the final act, Keanu uh, kidnaps Marissa Tomei and, you know, classic puts her in a, like an abandoned factory. And that's where their showdown is. Mm-hmm. And the showdown is like it was choreographed weird in my I don't. I mind. barely remember like, it. There was there was a lot of like. They shoot each other, then they're crawling on the ground. And I I don't know. It just seemed... I wish there was, like, a more... I wish the the climax was a little better. I don't know what I expect from... Maybe I wanted them to kiss. (laughs) Mm, It might have been better. Um, Yeah, there wasn't, like, an epic, like, slow-mo, like, cool kill or, like anything like that they yo you honestly at the end of the movie they leave you on a cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) yeah like like keanu keanu's dead question mark or is he just chilling (laughs) i think they want you to think he's still alive and they thought this movie was going to be so sick that people were going to want a sequel (laughs) yeah i mean he (laughs) james spader definitely checks him out and his face is like completely burned off (laughs) but but he's a (laughs) As we know, he's a firebender, and I think that was fake. I think Keanu escaped somehow. <laughs> Yo. Wait, he jumps into the water, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't, like, 
get them, right? No, like that that was my thing. Like so of course you know, the factory blows up and they jump out of the factory into this river. And like the fact that Keanu jumps from the building, so he's still alive when he hits the river, but they make it seem like he's dead immediately. James Spader checks his face. It's completely burned off, but like I posit that he's still alive. I don't know. Yeah, the first thing you said, Jordan, was like they're not going to go find him. <laughs> yeah, they kind of just let him float down yeah. the river. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like a, uh, a two-faced situation next time. Uh, oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, this whole time I was saying he was the Joker. He's, he's actually a Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to talk about uh, with this movie? Like, I, I just want to say, like, it was kind of it's one of those like bad movies that I don't know. For me, it was like kind of fun to watch just because of the people in it. And this like is, the acting is good, in my opinion. This is a very fun, like Saturday afternoon, you're homesick type movie and want to watch something fun, not focus on it, where it has like people that you recognize that are interesting in it and doing interest things that you don't normally see them do. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, if you look up this movie and you look at the cover, Everything we talked about checks out with the cover, right? I think there's flames on it. I think there's a hooded figure with Mm -hmm. piano wire Mm -hmm. in that, like, strangling motion. But all those boxes being checked, I don't think the cover does the movie justice at all. Same. Like, it doesn't... It's not that type of movie. You look at the cover and you're like, oh, I know They want it to be, like, a very metal movie, just like the intro, but it's not. Yeah, it's not really that vibe. So, if you're looking at this movie and you look at the cover and you're like, eh, not my thing. It's misleading. It's misleading, for sure. Um, I have a couple quick facts I can run off here. Oh, yes. Hit us up. Um, James Spader was frequently... um, in the movie, he was often at like a Vietnamese restaurant. That yeah. Was, like, his, um, yeah. It turns out he actually dislikes Vietnamese food. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, coming with the hard hitting facts. And um, another interesting fact is that uh, Keanu uh, disliked the movie so much he refused to do any press for the film. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, interesting. So. Yeah, Keanu knows a good movie. I'll mm-hmm. tell you do you that. think it was because he was a bad guy, Keanu, in it? I don't know. Apparently, he was like tight with the director. The director like came on tour with Keanu's band and like filmed shows and stuff. So I, I don't know. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, Yo, Keanu just knows when it's hitting right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I will say that is like the only movie that this guy directed. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, First, checks out. He just, uh, he tried it out and he just didn't have it. True. Uh, but maybe we could reach out to him. Maybe. Uh, it is, it is, it is kind of like wild that like the first movie you do, like your first credit as a director is like a, a literal like Hollywood movie with yeah. like, huge actors <laughs> yeah I, I, agree. I agree like how do you get that shot yeah. um maybe the year 2000 it was different 
Maybe it's like what you said. It's like he followed him on tour and did some like he was more known for doing like live um, video mm-hmm. of like, you know, because those are super popular in the late 90s, early 2000s with those live footage of bands going to- on tour for like VH1 and stuff like that. So maybe he did a lot of that stuff and Keanu was like, yo, talking to him and he's like, I want to do a movie and Keanu was like, let's do it. <laughs> I can get James Spader. It's going to be great. Hey, maybe. I want to know more about Keanu's band. But we got to keep this thing rolling. So why don't we give our ratings for The Watcher and uh, keep this Tomei train a chewing. Um, Bailey, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Marissa Tomei. She she was... Um, I liked her in this movie. You know, I, yo, I didn't like... I didn't think the movie was that bad. Um I'm going to say uh, it ain't bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree completely. Marissa's, Marissa's great in it. She plays that like, she. I mean, even in the next one, she's a nurturing character too. Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, always taking care of men. But like, um, she, she's just got that, she's got that thing about her that you could confide in her. Um but yeah, I didn't think this movie was that bad. Like it's objectively bad, but uh, I kind of enjoyed the ride. So I'm gonna give it a, a couple flames. Hmm, couple flames is a good one. I completely agree with both of you. Uh, while watching this movie, I said I know this movie's bad, but I can't really tell you why. Um, it just has all the workings of a bad movie, but it's really fun. Yeah. Um, mm. I would give this uh, the Devil Horns Rock Hand. Oh, the rock hand. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that is her bad movie. Um, how you doing? My turn to say it. How's ooh. everyone doing? I'm doing well. Bailey, how are you doing? I'm holding up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how's the uh, How's the car situation? You get towed yet? Um, I hope not. Um, <laughs> hopefully, Bree put it on the right car. <laughs> dude we could only, only hope. hope um but hey mt marissa tomei i'm curious about her <laughs> what's your height what's your weight what's your height what's your weight with your hopes yeah, Bailey, you're back your the game. Like, too hot. what's like your height it's not that you're too hot. I don't know what get it is. Wrong. Hmm. I mean, I have a different. I mean, not. It might be What's like your uh, I have a literally different setup down here. So maybe some You sound good though. It's just like there's a weird clip every couple times you talk, but it's not mm-hmm. that bad. We're good. Yeah, we'll zoom in next week. We'll yeah, yeah, we're gonna zoom in. Yo, and you know what? We might move over to Zoom. Uh, we might try to get that Zoom sponsorship, but let's just give a shout out to Zencaster. They've been holding it down for us the last couple of weeks. Thank you, Zencaster. Um, yeah, just shout out Zencaster. All right, so this week we got the works, um, and uh, I'm gonna start with Jordan. Jordan said MT at five four, 123 pounds, eight and a half size shoe. We saw her boobs, so dot, dot, dot. 
Scorpio at 48 years old. Nay walk. Nay walk. <laughs> That's what it says. Oh, yeah. It says nay walk, nay walk. <laughs> it's New York, New York. Uh, huh. But it's spelled N-E-Y. I know. I spelled oh. it wrong and then just ran with it. It's New York, New York. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Bailey said that, said Aunt Marissa T, 5 feet, 5 inches, 110 pounds, size 7 shoe, New York, New York, Aquarius, 48 years old. I do want to mention that since we've been apart, Bailey has been texting me his responses and all of them he has said uh, Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out. Um, you, you love the Aquarius. Yeah, the age of the Aquarius. You love the 48-year-old Aquariuses, apparently. Um, so she is 5'4", so Jordan, right on the money, 119 pounds. She's V-skinny. So kind of almost like the average between the two of you. She's a 7.5 shoe. So, Bailey, you were closer. Born December 4th, 1964, so she is 52 years old. Oof. And she's Ooh. a Sagittarius. Mm. Yeah, she looks amazing. Um, yeah. Where's she, she from? Brooklyn, New York. Ah. Nawak, Nawak. Yeah, um, Jordan, you're going to have to explain that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it straight up wasn't a joke. It was I spelled New York wrong and just kind of doubled it and... <laughs> I stuck with it. Quiplash rules, dude. Keep the typos. It's fun. Um, it's honestly fun. <laughs> hey, Nawak, Nawak. Hey, you know what? Nawak, Nawak. You know where I'm from? Nawak, Nawak. Um, so her first movie was The Flamingo Kid in 1984. Mm. She stated that she's not a big fan of marriage as an institution and doesn't believe why women should have to have kids to be fulfilled. Real hard oh. stance. Wow. Did, now, speaking of that, does she have kids? I don't know. Um, <laughs> she was partly raised by her grandparents. Um, she went to the same high school as Darren Aronofsky, which is interesting. Mm. Hence, wrestler. Um, she was roommates with Lisa Bonet. And Ooh. she is the godmother of her child, Zoe Kravitz. Wow, mm -hmm. nice. Um, she auditioned for Jerry Maguire, but it obviously went to Renee Zellweger. Um, she said that, uh, oh, Lady Gaga said that in a, if they were make a biopic of her, she would want Marissa Tomei to play her. Wow. Interesting. And she has a dual citizenship between, or with U.S. and Italy. I do have to say it's interesting to say the person you want to do a biopic is like of you is significantly older than you. It's cool. It doesn't make sense, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. Lady Gaga. I'll take Apparently it. Marissa Tomei was very flattered. Well, I mean, yeah, it's cool. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Like, <laughs> Let's see it. Yeah, I let's want to see honestly, it. let's see. Marissa Tomei looks amazing. Oh, I'm not it. saying Marissa Tomei can't do it or she doesn't. It's just an interesting thing. But yeah, let's we could keep going. Sorry, let's do it. That's it. That's all my facts. Oh, interesting. Wait, that's all. That's all the facts. There's yeah. literally not that much on her on the internet. Hmm. What's her favorite 
food <laughs> uh spaghetti <laughs> yeah like who's her favorite director and then that's where bailey and i say darren aronoff check out her wikipedia there's not much on there um interesting all right well shit i'm hungry for some more so uh i guess it's getting hot <laughs> <laughs> cue the music <laughs> good um all right so this is uh we got some interesting people on here um i'll tell you uh, the first man on our uh our list here from 1993 is robert downey jr mm-hmm. hot yo hot couple 93 holy cow mm-hmm. um then there's a couple people i don't really know who they are but in 2003, I have uh, Christian Slater. Ooh, another Whoa. good couple. Yo, you love that one. I love that one. Um, and then a year after, I have uh, a rumor of uh, Lenny Kravitz. Hmm, interesting. Um, her goddaughter. Up. Yeah, her goddaughter is Zoe. Wonder why. So that makes her, could have made her her god mommy <laughs> her actual mommy from god uh-huh. um then i have um a guy nicholas carpenter for two years after that couldn't tell you who he is and then um actor uh logan marshall green um i think if you looked him up you would recognize him i'm doing um, it right now Oh yeah, he's uh the upgrade guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's the upgrade guy. Well, I always see that like on Netflix and stuff. Um and then I have uh Josh Radner after that and um not really sure who he is, but she might Sounds possibly be single at this point. Josh Radner, American actor, known for How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> huh. Oh, he's well, like the you... main guy in How I Met Your Mother. Interesting. But yeah, I don't know if they're dating anymore. My files say she's on the prowl. Hmm. Dude, she's on the prowl. She's a cougar on the prowl for sure. She doesn't believe in the institution of marriage. That's she's going to do what I... she wants. I don't think she has any kids. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Well, I mean, her. I'm kind of happy with her dating career because she like hit up the hot guys mm-hmm. in the '90s. I mean, Logan Marshall Green's hot. Yeah, Logan Marshall Green's got this weird thing on his forehead that's kind of freaking me out though. In every picture, <laughs> a lump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just freaking you out, dude. It's freaking me out. He, Look he at looks this like picture. Tom Hardy. <laughs> Yeah, he's a skinny Tom Hardy with a little bump on his head. Yeah. <laughs> the little bump. 
but hey, he was in Devil, so that's cool. Um, but uh, cool. Well, Marissa Tomei, you know, you could do whatever you want. <laughs> Seriously, um, and whoever. Yeah, and do whatever you want, whoever. Um, she's getting that Marvel money right now too. Probably the easiest gig in the Marvel universe too. Yeah, being Spider-Man's <laughs> aunt. Yeah. Um, but uh, yo, why don't we keep it? Keep this Tomei train rolling. Let's roll into our highest rated one, and that is the 2008 Darren Aronofsky masterpiece, The Wrestler. Bailey, take it away. The Wrestler, Darren Aronofsky's masterpiece. <laughs> um, a wrestler <laughs> who um, just happens to be, you know, washed up living in a trailer in New Jersey when, um, yeah, um, when nothing, I mean, nothing really exciting <laughs> happens, you know, he's wrestling, he's old, he's got heart problems. Marissa Tomei is a stripper that he's into. Um, and he's got a bad relationship with his daughter who, um, he wasn't really there for. And, um, the movie's really about, uh, all those things. <laughs> wow. Yo, you ain't lying. <laughs> um, yeah. Bailey, have you seen this movie before? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I've seen this movie a couple times, Kate. You've seen it a couple times, right? Yeah. Um, I think this was my favorite viewing of this movie. Um, and, yo, it hit me in the feels pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, you know, fucking uh, Mickey Rourke's performance is, like, so good. Yeah, like, so, so good. Um, yeah. He, I know he won a Golden Globe for it. He didn't win an Academy Award. My no. question was, was he nominated? I think so. I think him and Marissa Tomei were both nominated and they both just didn't get it. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was. Yeah, you're right. I'm checking that now. Um, You're right. Uh, But like, here's my thing. Both deserved of it. Mm -hmm. I think Mickey Rourke may be a little more um, than Marissa Tomei, although she's great in it. Like, they both show a pretty dope range in this, too. Yeah. but yeah, if you if you're if you're listening and you've never seen the wrestler, I'm just gonna say for the rest of the crew, film friends certified and like, honestly, like a really solid movie, top to bottom. Um, it, it gives you everything you want, really. Um, as someone who doesn't know like a whole lot about wrestling, I would say it is um, one of the best portrayals of how it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I don't know much about it either, but it does give you an insight into like the toll it takes on your body and just like mentally too. Um, I completely agree. I watched this movie when I was younger and I think as an adult, it's less creepy to me, but more sad. And um, knowing a little bit about wrestling, this is very much like wrestling. 
um like the lower ranks like ranks of wrestling like the ring of honor i know ring of honor played a big part in the making of this movie um which is like i think a philly associated wrestling act and i know that there's a lot of people in this movie who are actually wrestlers who circuit that um and he did a lot of research from those people to make this movie to make it more realistic um but i also agree i think um he is incredible in this movie i think they both are and i think one of the interesting things about it and why jordan said that they have a lot of range and i think part of that's because you see them both perform and you see them both not performing right so you see them like in their settings mm-hmm. um him in the rink her on the stage and then <laughs> i gotta i gotta wait, stop wait, 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 wait. <laughs> i gotta stop you <laughs> Real quick, you keep the calling ring. it <laughs> the ring. You keep calling it a rink. Oh, I can't. I mean to say ring, but I'm saying ring subconsciously. But in the ring, him in the ring, her on the stage, and um, then you see them just living their lives. Yeah, and they're both people who are can seen as past their primes in things that are seen as like a young person's game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they continue to try and work for it because it's like it's what they know, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of why you also see a lot of range. Yeah. Um, do you uh, you ever like question why it's called a ring when like rings are square, st- <laughs> and it's a square? Huh. Maybe because they ring the bell inside. Huh. <laughs> that's a stretch, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's because they ring the bell. In Um, the ring. I want to say my educated guess is like before they were like elevated rings, they Mm. were like, I'm thinking of like a ranch or a like farmland and maybe setting up. I, I don't know. That's where my brain's going. Like maybe they were circles initially and then. When they became elevated like boxing rings, it just changed, but the name stuck. Uh, it's called a square, also known as a squared circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the oh. definition of a ring, a squared circle. <laughs> huh. Um, yo, great question, though, I Bailey. know, I love it. Um, but yeah, this movie, I mean, I don't want to walk through it too much just because, one, we're like we've been rocking and rolling for a while, but two, I want to kind of save a lot of the, it it, for listeners who haven't seen it yet. Do you have an update on the ring? I do. I do. Um, so the name ring is a relic for when, um, contests were fought in a roughly drawn circle on the ground. Ah. So it originally was a ring. So the wrestling ring was a actual ring just drawn on the ground. I guess when it wasn't like WWE style, when it was more like what you did in high school. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because like when when there's a fight in high school going on. <laughs> no, I mean like no wrestling one, no teams. One, no, no one's like forming a like no making sure everyone Let's forms a square. square. <laughs> Usually a circle. The fight that breaks out in the schoolyard, they just all stand square. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, and and again, uh, Evan Rachel Wood plays his daughter. And, like, talk about pulling on your heartstrings a bit. So, like, because Mickey Rourke, who is Randy the Ram in this movie, um, Hmm. because he's, like, a superstar, 
wrestler for a while. I guess he's out of his daughter's life, basically her whole life. And then when he has these heart troubles and, you know, knocking on death's door a bit, he reaches out to her to kind of maybe make up for lost time or, you know, those types of things kind of bring people together at times. Um, But she, like, rejects him. Um, Well, she embraces him and then rejects him. Well, she rejects him first, then he tries again on Marissa Tomei's suggestion. Uh, And then she lets him in a little bit. And, of course, there's that moment that happens in a lot of movies where there's progression and you think this character who's been bad or who's made so many mistakes is going to redeem themselves. And he... He has like a one night stand with a woman who's obsessed with firemen. Fireman. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, it was hot. Like but, literally hot. Uh, um, it was kind of fucked up. But he, uh, he like does a lot of coke parties with this woman and misses his date with his daughter, like a dinner date. And you know she, that's it. That's like the straw that broke the camel's back for. Her. And like that part where, she like says, get out of my life forever. I never want to see you again. Was like kind of heartbreaking for me because at the same time, like, yeah, he's probably been a terrible father. He's been missing her whole life. He F's up again when she's given him a chance. But like you still feel bad for him because you see him. He's completely washed up and like alone in his life. Well, he built his whole life around himself. And when you build your whole life around yourself like that, Especially in a way where you depend on other people for validation. It's it's hard to reconstruct that life and put all the pieces back together. And it's it's sad because you can see him working a job that's pretty normal. It's a pretty average 9 to 5. He's working at a deli counter and he's enjoying the small talk, the camaraderie of the customers and the employees. And he's enjoying this life but you know that um the newness of all of this is going to wear off for him because he's mm. addicted to that fame and the chance and and being in the ring and getting all that attention so you just you kind of know inherently that someone like that isn't going to settle into a small town life and mm. isn't going to remember to do things outside of himself yeah um you know all that's true but at the same time like if marissa tomei was like hey, like, I want you to stop wrestling, just be with me. I feel like he would have wanted that even more. Like, I feel like he would have stopped. Yeah, so I agree. Like, I don't want to give away the ending too much, but Uh the ending also in this movie is fucking powerful, in my opinion. And it has, like, a very famous shot, very famous ending scene. But... I agree with you, Bailey. Like, that ending wouldn't happen if Marissa Tomei let him into her life earlier on in the movie. Like, it's a little too late at the end. I kind of think he was, like, kind of feeling like uh, the fans were the only people that accepted him and loved him. And that's why he kept going back because he couldn't find, like, that love anywhere else. Right. Even though. Right, and because his daughter rejects him, Marissa Tomei basically rejects him, even though you know she wants him in his life. She's just scarred and afraid from previous trauma as well. So, um. But then there's also the idea of, like, that's true, 
But then there's also the idea that, like, he does a signing at one point in this VW hall where it's all these old wrestlers and you're scanning these people and you're seeing them with canes and injuries and in all sorts of ways. And he kind of takes that and he goes right back into the ring. Like, he doesn't want to be one of those washed up people who's, you know, decrepit looking and on cane. So he, like, that's a moment for him where he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I could see him being settled in his life and going back into it. You just don't know. Like, I know he wants love and I think the, the, this story is depicting it that, yeah, of course he would definitely, the way the story is written, if he was accepted by Marissa Tomei, he would have stopped wrestling. Yeah. Right. But it's also like, you don't know, right? This man's well, like, yeah, you don't know, but he literally, like, is she going to stop dancing? Because she loves him? No. Right? So it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. They're both performers at heart. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what they show at the end. Yeah. But I, I do have to agree with Bailey. And I truly think if she would have accepted him, he would have been done because he was taking all the steps to stop, stop, to stop. stop no, wrestling. No, you're right. And you're right. what gets him back into it is... Heartbreak. His daughter rejects him. She mm-hmm. rejects him. And he literally has nowhere to turn and like bailey said like his fans are the his family at that point and so he just turns and he's willing to just die in in the, the ring, ring basically yeah. for that so um but the ending is incredible to this movie it's awesome i think this movie's incredible first second to last second like i really do and one thing i like that darren aronofsky does is there's a lot of like trailing camera be behind mickey rourke and there's like trailing camera as he's going out into the crowd into the ring and then that's like juxtaposed to when he's like going into the deli counter and the camera's always trailing Mm -hmm. him and i think that's like a perfect thing to do in this movie the same thing with marissa tomei it like follows behind her when she's in the strip strip club like it really puts you into the shoes of these characters it's like a it's a pretty cool technique and it, it works like super well in this movie. It's interesting that you say that because I had didn't think about it until you said it. And normally when you utilize that technique, it feels very reality TV. Yeah, yeah. And in this, it doesn't. It's it's very real feeling. It's like not cheesy yeah. is when where it, where it usually is played. It's, it's very, like you said, real. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you that feel like when you watch a lot of like music, live music and or like comedians like comedians do it with their specials a lot Mm -hmm. where like they're backstage you're backstage with them and then they're like all right time to go out on stage and they like follow them out into the stage uh i think you know no you know camera works great it makes it uh that honestly makes it feel like you're like not like you're there but like that it's real Uh, right exactly like especially in the ring stuff too um is awesome and like i know i mentioned i watched raging bull uh earlier this week or last week whatever and that movie's like famous for it's in the ring shots and how like how you know how good martin scorsese did but like darren aronofsky it has to be so hard to do what he does in this movie with like being in the ring with the wrestlers and making it honestly feel like you're right there with them it was it was awesome he also captures like I think something that I'm starting to appreciate with filmmakers is lighting. And I think he captures the most realistic lightings where when they're outside, 
he still gets like natural lighting when he's inside he gets captures that fluorescent feel really well when he's in the strip club he gets that dark lighting going and none of it feels fake but you know he had to light these things but none of them feel lit i don't know he's he's very good at what he does this is i was just checking this is actually his highest rated really director um like directed film like he's produced a lot and written some but the, the one that he's directed this is his highest rated and before watching this i remember saying to jordan this is probably my favorite of his mm-hmm. it's the least crazy the least far-fetched it's very grounded and there's some moments that are classic like darren aronofsky moves like when he gets his finger caught in the meat slicer and the graphic things that the wrestlers go through like the staple guns and uh the barbed wire but overall it's it's pretty tame for something that i feel like he normally does i uh yeah the hardcore match that they shoot like effed me up it actually made me like feel sick this time around yeah it's uh it's intense. I hate going to those types of... I used to like go to those types of wrestling events. And I remember I went to one and I was like, I can never do this again. It just makes me feel too sick and uncomfortable. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's all I kind of have to say about this movie. I like... You know, it, it's a five out of five it's in my really book. Um, although on Letterboxd, I didn't give it a five out of five. I just you gave didn't. it a heart. that's my thing these days if i like it it's a heart if i don't no heart um there's one more thing i want to talk about there's a moment that i think is awesome it's kind of like what you guys have been talking about how um if she had taken him in he would have quit wrestling Mm -hmm. and there's this really awesome symbolic moment where he gives the action figure of himself to her to give to her son and at when they go into inside her home with her child and he's playing with that action figure yeah. inside their home. And it's almost like this representation of like what that, what he would be like if he lived inside her house and how her son would accept him. And I thought that moment is really subtle, but really effective and really well done and very like heart wrenching. I love how Randy, the Ram interacts with little kids too. They oh, love me them. too. Me too. Um, and, you know, before we, like, close it up, I guess, you got to shout out Marissa Tomei, oh, though. She's awesome. One, she bears it all because she's a stripper, um, mm-hmm. which is always a bold move for an actress, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it may, l- I don't know what the connotation of it is, but, like, I see it as being pretty fucking brave. And, oh, like, I agree. And especially at her age in this movie, like. She looks she hot looks, as hell. Yeah, she's she's a beautiful woman. <laughs> um but like she does it well and like just the way you feel for him and his loneliness you like feel for her too and all her struggles but um yeah this movie fucking rules yeah it's awesome um but uh why don't we give it give it a a rating um i i gave it a 5 out of 5 so i'm going to keep it there um i'm going to give it a um if you're going to give it a 5 out of 5 um I'm going to have to give it a six out of six. Damn. Oh, wow. Um, 
I really like this movie. I don't know what numerical value to give it, but I will say I will chant Randy the Ram from the crowd at the ringside. Dude, the Ram Jam. Yep. How do we feel about his finishing move? Where he slaps his elbows. <laughs> he does like a frog splash. Yeah, classic frog splash. I was thinking like if you want to have longevity in wrestling, definitely don't do a your finishing move can't be a from the turnbuckle. Yeah, well, you asked Jeff Hardy that, dude. <laughs> That's true. Swanton bomb, <laughs> um, <laughs> dude. Give me, give me, the give me Rikishi's finishing move and call call it a day. Um. Anyways, that's Marissa Tomei. Would you. watch her in anything. Yeah, would watch her in anything too. Um, and don't count her out. I know there's not a lot of people out there not counting her out. <laughs> Um, but I have a feeling about Marissa Tomei. I feel I like she's, good she's pretty much in it being Aunt May. Yeah. She's also in that movie, that Pete Davidson movie coming up, the King of Staten Island uh. or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And she's, uh, I think in another movie, big movie next year as well, or 2021. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> um, That's next who year. knows what year it is anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, anything else, guys, about about MT? Lover. Lover. Yeah, Bailey, gotta give you a shout out, man. Great choice. Great choice. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm glad you guys uh, appreciate uh, Miss Miss T. <laughs> I love Miss T. <laughs> Dude, love her pierogies too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and for the listeners, thank you for listening. Um, as always, hit us up on social media. And yo, don't forget, rate and review us. Mm, please do. Um, we haven't gotten one in a while, and we just need to know that you guys are still out there and still loving the Film Friends content. We so. would love some new reviews. We would also love to know how you feel about Jordan's stance about social media during movies. Uh, we could, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but as always, thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Michael Shannon. Um, I will say that my little bars that pop up here aren't really popping that hard. So you might have to work your magic, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs>